Today on Talk About That, John has a real-life this-is-us moment while looking at old videos of himself leaving for college. Meanwhile, I'm terrified of living a real-life Hotel California while on vacation and can't believe my niece is in a chair in the sky. Also, a conversation about nostalgia and why we can't have true perspective until some time has passed. Today's episode is not sponsored by people who recline their seat on the plane. We are the absolute worst, and it shows. Let's get into it. It's another Monday and another episode of Talk About That. I'm John, here with my friend Johnny. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. You know, long drive back uh, from uh, scenic and exotic Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, you're a little road haggard. I am you? a little haggard. Yeah. And I took a COVID test two days ago mm. because the idea was to like test myself mm-hmm. of my own volition because mm. we're gonna go to cancun on sunday hopefully but we don't want to take a tennessee case of covid into cancun right because you can get into cancun with covid can we create our own strain we'll call it dixie the dixie strain the dixie strain so you can get into cancun with covid but you can't leave cancun with covid because they test you at the resort listen you can check out anytime you it like. is it's hotel california except for it's in cancun. It's really expensive yeah <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I, you can stab COVID with your steely knives, but you just can't kill the beast. <laughs> well, aren't we trying? And then we're going to be there two weeks extra. Yeah. That Which, if here's the thing. We have insurance that if we get COVID, they put you in a quarantine room and you get room service and the whole thing. I don't know if you can leave. So it'd be weird. But you're at, you're at the resort. So I just have to figure out, like, what are we going to do about the dogs and my comedy schedule and all that? But that would be, like, not the end of the world. But if only one of us gets it, yeah. now it gets weird. Here's what I'm saying. I think you just described my fantasy. Like well, having to stay an extra two weeks, yeah. and I will sneak out and go to the beach. It's fine. Bring me the room service. Yeah, you know what? Just give me my computer. Netflix. You're going to infect people on the beach, Some John. Bo- maybe they, maybe they point out, maybe you have to wear like a special shirt, and you can hang out with the other COVID people. That'd be fine. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be fine. You make a little tribe there. Yeah. A little COVID tribe. Yeah. Uh, and wow. You wear a shirt at the beach because you're that we, guy. I'm glad we can still laugh about this. And I am, here's the thing. I'm saying all this because this is how dumb I am. I'm very vulnerable. I just say whatever. That's the thing. This podcast has been going on so long that we don't censor ourselves anymore. I'm just so vulnerable about every horrible mistake and every like fear. Yeah. And then some of it happens. Like this could happen. Like we're filming these episodes in advance. And there's a good chance you're going to get stuck in Not Mexico. Not a good chance, but if it happens, no. it'll be like, he it's, knew. It's happening. And, and yeah, I'm pretty... Well, and... No, we can't tell them that, can we? And then I'm just going to like, what are we going to do, an episode? I'll do a remote. That's what I'll do. I'll take my laptop, and we'll do like a janky... Right, you won't have... From the scene. It'll be like uh, Baghdad Bob from the... be like Wolf Blitzer from Under the Table. Yeah. <laughs> Except for like with Except finger sandwiches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I have my own butler. But he's like double masked and wearing like a face guard, a face shield. Yeah. And a hazmat suit. Yeah. Or maybe he's maybe I get my own COVID butler that already has it too. And he's just like, oh, that'd be interesting. Here's your, that's a short term. Here's your towels. Yeah. We're for looking the, for infected butlers. Yeah. Right. This will last a about a month call. or whatever, how long it lasts until you're you know, over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the deal is, I mean, you're vaccinated. So, you know, if you get it, it's pretty much 99% effective against hospitalization and all that. So, I mean, Johnny, how bad could it be? I mean, I don't it's, know. Um, um, pretty bad for some I just don't, breakthroughs. I don't want to get it, but I don't want to cancel my trip. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought we thought about it. We thought, should we just move the trip until this is all over? But then you start getting that feeling like, is this ever going to really be like we've waited now for yeah a long time. So they, we'll just, they just canceled Wilson County schools next week. Oh, man. Yeah. So now you've just got and there's no uh, at home learning plan. Nope. nope. So it's just Sadie's just running around screaming. The way I understand throwing stuff at the walls. The way I understand it. And I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure I'm right about yeah. this, is the governor of Tennessee issued an executive order that says mm-hmm. that local school systems cannot initiate hybrid learning uh, strategies, which we had last year, without the state's approval. Right. Which, just Johnny, I just got to tell you. Okay. So from a perspective of understanding, you know, government somewhat, like – Republicanism is, in theory, built upon this idea of 
preserving separation of powers, especially for the little guy and the local right, government. small governments. Yeah. Stay out of my the, business. And local governments are the smallest governments there are, Johnny. Yeah, you know that. they're pretty it's, small. So, like, that was a pretty grand sweeping taking away, in my opinion, of... Options. Like, normally, this is what... This is what the... Or at least have a plan in place for you to go, okay, if the accounts get to this number, here's our hybrid learning takes over. Yeah, or let the... Again, I just think elected officials at the local level are normally the ones who handle... Like, the state handles government funding, right. and they do the standards, but generally the, the implementation of education yeah. happens at a local level. Well, this idea that, like, parents know what's best for their kids, let's let them just handle whether or not to send their kid or not sick, or whether or not to send their kid with a mask. Like, I think you're discounting the number of parents who are really dumb. <laughs> you know, you're assuming a parent that you think is a responsible person. Yeah. And I'm not a parent... But if I was, I'd be a dumb parent. I wish that I had to take some more classes. Yeah. Like for this job. The most yeah. important job I have in my well, life. That's what I was going to say. You talk about government and we like, we don't put government on a pedestal anymore. If anything, we're paranoid and we think less of government officials, which is kind of a sad erosion of our society. But I think people talk about like how there's no real plan now. People are at this point in the pandemic when they're like, it's a problem. There's no plan. There's no, where's the leadership? And we want to blame the leaders. And what I keep thinking is, I think Americans don't want to be led. Yeah. Because whatever the leader, quote unquote, does, he ticks off half the country yeah. or more. And so we just get to a point in this, we're at that point now where this just big time COVID fatigue where we just go, you know what? Mandate all you want. We've decided we're not going to be led anymore. We're going to do what we want. And so now the leaders are reacting to that by going, well, look, they don't want to go back to online learning. Let's just not make a provision for it. And now we have what we have. And now Sadie's going to skip a grade. She's going to be held back. Is that what you want? Uh, <laughs> She's going to be the tallest. I do want that. Sixth grader. Yeah, that's true. She could be a she's, ringer. She's seventh. You know, she's but... seventh. It's the tallest seventh grader. Yeah. I like how this She's is a going. ringer. My niece, I got to see when I was in Auburn. Yeah, because she's just enrolled, right, freshman? She's in the aviation program. The War Eagle. War Eagle. I don't know. I've made that joke before. War Damn Eagle. That's what they say. Yeah, I don't mean they do, to. They do say that. I don't want to. I wonder if they let. I wonder if like the pastors there who are huge Auburn fans. Do like they I'm say? Do they let their kids say that? Huh. It's like a. It's part of the culture there. I guess. I guess it's That's, like damn Yankees, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like maybe. it's it's a uh, you know I don't know, but somebody's yeah. listening right now, and their kids are in the car, and they're going, "Man, so oh, uh, it's, we got salty." I apologize. No, we're not trying to. Is what they say. That's why they're godless heathens, and UT must defeat them. They must. Everything about UT is great. <laughs> yeah, we never do anything wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway, aviation program. So she's flying planes, John. I didn't know it was going to be that. I thought, okay, she's a freshman. Yeah. She goes in. There's going to be a lot of like applied sciences and applied math, the theory of flight, mm. the physics behind the ailerons and the flaps and the oh wow what how the drag affects the, the foil. She starts sending photos on Facebook. She's in a plane in a cockpit day one, and I go. So I talked to her yesterday because we had lunch, and she bought my lunch. Very sweet. Oh. Wow. And uh, she goes, uh, yeah, I, was, I have a thing tonight. And then I go, so you were in the plane today? She goes, yeah. I go, how does that work? There's a guy there. She goes, yeah. And he, he let me take the controls. I go, you're flying? You're flying it. And he's not like, hey, this is how the altimeter works. He's just like, why don't you take the stick? And oh, he's I'm letting her. Take a nap. Exactly. Yeah. And then he pretends to have a diabetic episode or whatever while she... Just to see what it was her, all a test. See if she panics. Yeah. It's like Top Gun. She was the whole time being tested. It's crazy. And so this is a person. You got a MIG on your starboard bow. I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say for planes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's starboard bow. <laughs> it should be noted that I don't know a lot about airplanes. Everything John knows about airplanes, he learned from 2008's Master and Commander with Russell Crowe, <laughs> which is... <laughs> about a ship captain. <laughs> I'm about bow. to start my pirate language, but it always yeah. my, my pirate and my Irish always get mixed together for right. some reason. I don't know why. I don't. It's such a real. Well, she is so evidently. It's like a program. It's hard to get into. Pirish, by the way, is what I call it. Pirate. She's <laughs> she's very gifted, 
And I'm excited for her. Yeah. You know, she's been there two weeks, and it's already just like, you know, she's showing me around campus. It's this gigantic campus, and she's not intimidated at all. She knows where all her classes are. And I'm just like, this person, I saw yeah. her when she was a baby. She just learned to drive two years ago. And I'm like, she got her license. What do you know? Yay, Kate. And now she's above me in the sky. In an airplane. Doing loop-de-loos for all I know. Wow. I don't think they let you do that until like, that's like second year stuff. Well, we'll find out if that guy's really asleep or not. That's, that's true. You know, that's I'll when we show you, out. you know. Uh, it's crazy. Wow. And that's exciting. So it's, it makes yeah, me, so, makes yeah. me want to do that. Yeah. Can I go back to school still? You can. It's a lot of money, evidently. This oh, program she's no, in is not. So you off. hope that you get a job, because she wants to be like commercial pilot. Yeah. So you hope you get a job at the end. Like and a pilot you- on commercials. Yeah. Right. Right. Which you just, I mean, I would think they give just, you the outfit and they're like, Delta, right. you know, we're really up there or whatever. I don't know what the <laughs> slogan is now for Delta. <laughs> it was so natural. It was. <laughs> Delta. What was yeah. the, the old one we love to fly and it shows? It's like, what does it have to do with me? <laughs> like, it just feels like it was all about you. You know, who was that? Like American or whatever? We love to fly and it shows. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> Braggity McBrag Brag. You just hear him on the comm like, wee! <laughs> like you don't know, you're just like this guy's a little. It really does show. You but don't I'm, be that excited about it your job. Make me want to fly. You want to, there's like a sobering thing of like we're defying gravity wow. up here. You don't want somebody to be that excited. I want to do that on Sunday when I promote the church from the stage. Like, <laughs> hey, we love to pastor, yeah. and it shows. <laughs> and they're like, you're creepy. Yeah, but what about your anyway? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's that's great. So, I mean, I'm excited for her because that's the thing. I mean, think about you go from high school. Yeah. And then, like a couple days later, right? You're in an airplane mm-hmm. on a college campus, far away from home. Yeah, she's she's on your adventure, man. Right? She's never lived away from home. She's literally she's, flying off into the sunset. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think my uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law are having a rough go of it. The empty nest. She's the only child. Listen, I, I can't imagine. They're doing great. They're doing great. I don't mean that they're like struggling for real, but they're just. I, how could they not be? It's just like that's their baby, right? Yeah. It's an emotional. I, I was emotional. Yeah. It, it's coming for, for me. Yeah. And Laura tries to prepare me. Laura's very good at... Um, You're hoping she'll stay at home until she's in her 30s, though, right? Isn't that the... Well, hoping or, you know, making forcing. it happen. <laughs> Bolstering the door. <laughs> well, we took her to the ten- we took her to the Tennessee volleyball camp over yeah. the summer at UT. Mm-hmm. She loved it because the players and the coaches mm-hmm. the, from the actual SEC team, I mean, they ran the camp. Okay. I mean, she learned so much, and, and it was a really good experience. And she, she came out like, I love this camp. And then she loved, you know, being at UT. And I told Laura, I was like, well, look, if she goes to UT, I said this in private, and Sadie doesn't listen to the podcast, thank God. But I was like, hey, here's the deal. We are going to buy an apartment in Knoxville. And it's fine. We'll come back and forth, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. be there a lot. I can write from anywhere. Right. You know, maybe at that point I've been in ministry long enough. And yeah. they'll keep me sabbatical on, time. They'll keep me on part-time. I'll mm-hmm. come in and preach some Like an Sundays. artist in residence. Yeah, whatever they without want. Without the art. Here, you know, right. <laughs> without any art without or artistic any sort of value. artistic ability <laughs> at all. You know, and, I'm just a resident now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Seti would love to walk around camp. And hey, I might sign up for classes. I well, need to get that I, doctorate. Well, that's what I was going to say is just walking around on campus with her, I felt not the eyes on me like, who's this creepy old guy? But I was projecting that onto them. Because yeah. I know there was other adults possibly, but I just felt suddenly like an old man. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I mean, you know, there's, it a was little, you. there's a little gray in the old goatee. And I just huh. thought, do these people think I'm her uncle? Do they think like what I'm there? Uh, who knows what they thought? It was just a, it's a weird, I felt right. very old. I felt suddenly like life has passed me by. Wow. My, my best days are behind me. Jeez. And I never flew a plane. <laughs> Those kind of things. <laughs> just... Again, I'm just okay. Yeah. I'm okay with the age, man. You got to be okay with it. Yeah. It's just. But you've done some things, John. Well, I've seen some stuff. I got a lot to do. I've said, come on, You've man. written 14 New York Times bestsellers. Oh, my goodness. What have I, I got? I've written none of those. I got a couple of YouTube videos. <laughs> That's not you about know? what you do, Johnny. Is it's it not? About... Oh, okay. Like, I know that's the prayer. There's a real. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know what your sermon says, but in real life, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I feel like when you think about this, mm-hmm. you know, I, said, I think we said this at lunch the other day. Like, there's a chance, a good chance, that the thing that is the most memorable of our life that we do or that yeah. we engage in is, is, has not happened yet. That feels almost like a threat to me, though. That feels like you're about to make a blunder that will be. <laughs> 
on the news. I meant it in a positive way. <laughs> like, you think... Johnny was known for... <laughs> so far... <laughs> So far, you've never been famous, and it's kind of a bummer. Are you ready to be famous for something real stupid, though? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be on somebody's TikTok video? Uh, so I uh. told you that over the fall, yeah. I don't know if you know, we all had a little extra extra time at home. Oh, wow. And my dad had proclaimed be nice. to me before he died, dad proclaimed me the, the family historian. And dad... Was there a ceremony? No. He just no. said... You're the family historian. Right. And I want you... But you already knew that about yourself. Like, who else would it be? You're the only one that really probably cares about that. No, they all care. The family history. He was like, look, here's the deal. I have had this huge VHS videotape on my shoulder all these years. And there's just bins upon bins upon bins of tapes. Mm. And I want you... To go digitize all, all that. digitized. It was like, oh. So I found a company, which is great. Okay. And took them all the bins. I was like, so you Look. said, I hereby make you the family story. Right. <laughs> and then you dubbed them. Well, and- the deal was, it's not just the digitizing, because I, I could never, it would take, yeah. this guy does it for me. It took him like six, seven months. I mean, like Holy a moly. long time. He had other projects going, but it's like, I was like, they're not in a big hurry. But when he, when he brought it, I mean, it's... It ended up being because a lot of them were like old Magnum PI episodes oh. on the tape. The dad but not had, like your dad acting out Magnum PI. My episodes. dad would. <laughs> he had the mustache. People would say they look like Thompson. He looked like Thompson a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but it would be like something. I was like, I wonder if like a family memory was under there somewhere. Because case listeners of the younger persuasion don't know that was the DVR of our time. Was you recorded to a VCR? Yeah, and. You could record over things. So right. it was like, oh, look, there was mom and dad's wedding. Gone. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, it's Accidentally. Mag- right. Tape. It's Cagney and Lacey or whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> so <laughs> we, um, when I got it all back, the real historian's job yeah. was curating all of that information mm-hmm. into Putting a, into a timeline into, chronologically, perhaps? Yep. Into a timeline. So I had to go through each one because... That's the other thing. It's not like one tape has one thing. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, well, this is 1983 or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be Christmas, and then it's going to be somebody's graduation. Arbor Day. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be like some, you know, and it might go all the way to 84 midway. I don't know. It just depends on what it was. Or dad set up a camera, because early on he'd set up a camera and record the whole school play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, man. You're just like the tooth. (laughs) Right. got to wait until it gets to your one line. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're like, I have a brush me every day. Whatever. All right. It'd be I adorable. Our, I was wondering where our tooth line would be. <laughs> I have a cavity. That's where you went. <laughs> There's a hole in me. Ouchie. And that's not your line, John. It was the end of my acting career. Oh. I'll be like, not throwing away my shot. Anyway, it was a, it was a, I had my second grade play. Yeah. And I was Captain Meriwether Lewis. Oh, wow. Lewis you were already, Clark. that's a very, okay. Very prestigious. Yeah, that's like a plum roll. I, there were scouts there at the second really? grade. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, but so I, the other thing was I uploaded it all to YouTube. Yeah. So I made a YouTube channel for the family, and like that was my Christmas present to them. As mm-hmm. I handed them, it ended up being 85 salvageable videos wow. of our life, you know, an hour long or whatever. I mean, so it's just endless. And it, 85 videos? Hours? Well, yeah, each one could go. Some of them might be 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I say that, and we've done 172 hours on this podcast. Yeah, but uh, who in the world? What sort of moron? (laughs) Kind of egomaniacs. But, I mean, it was so much. You're right. And so in there, all this is going somewhere, speaking of the whole emptiness thing. Mm -hmm. So I had this memory, and I've I've repented of it before. And it's dumb to repent of because you're just a kid. But in, in 1997, when I graduated high school, I had this scholarship to Tennessee and all of my friends were going to Tennessee and it was so exciting. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Wanted to go real adventurer at heart at that moment in life. But looking back now, I realized I was the youngest and I was the last one, you know, really to leave the house and and move into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one going away. My brother eventually ended up in Cookville. Um, I don't know if he was there yet or not, but he did He did community college the first year, I think. So maybe he was already in Cookville. And I had this 1991 Acura Integra. Oh, John, remember it? Oh, of course. Such a nice car. I do. We never had nice cars. But Dad said, hey, you 
and again, it was a 91 and this was 97, so it was already six years old, but yeah. we never had anything in the decade. But he, but he figured since you got the full ride, he'd he get you a nice car. He said, hey. I would have spent this on an education. Yep. You're going back and forth to, right. I think we only spent six grand on it, which is more than we'd ever spent Holy on Holy man, that's still you know? a great deal. It was a great car. It was a great car. He got it at the actual Accurate dealership, the whole deal. Oh, wow. And so it was done. all nice, Certified. fixed up. It was five speed. And um, I loved that car. I mean, it was so, he gave it to me. He's like, hey, look, you, you know. You're going to school a long ways away. I want you to be safe, and then I want this to be reliable, and you've got your scholarship. So, yeah, it was that kind of thing. So, dude, I loaded up every possession I had in a 1991 Acura Integra that had a hatchback. It was like a sporty hatchback. It wasn't like a— No, it was sporty. Yeah, super sporty car. And my friend—I mean, I still had room for a friend, Joe, mm-hmm. to ride up front with me. We yeah. were in a caravan. I mean, I had a TV in there and everything. We loaded it. I remember all this. Mom and dad stood in the driveway. I kissed him goodbye. I cranked up. You're going to laugh. Oh, no. You're Hold gonna on. I'm going to guess. You know it. I'm going to guess. Stephen Curtis Chapman, The Great Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not quite that lame. Uh, it's a cover. Okay. Uh, but it is a Christian band. Free Ride. Free Ride. Audio Holy Adrenaline. moly. Second yeah. guess. Yeah. Cranked up Free Ride. By Audio Adrenaline. By Audio Adrenaline. You're like, I love this original wow, tune. This, this is amazing. What an amazing... Someone should cover this. This is totally... Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And, dude, I was off. And okay. I didn't come home hardly at all. And Oh, you're the worst. I, we didn't have a lot of... We had a cell phone, but it was so expensive. Like, you didn't really use it a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we told the story of the day of me getting sick and everything. So you know what I went away. You pretend you're going into tunnels. And I just remember mom and dad pretty, you know, kind of sad... But I didn't pay attention to it. I was like, okay, this is, you know, you're on your adventure. Right. And I just drove off. I was gone. <sighs> and when I would call home, and Dad and I dealt with this later in life, Dad was so, like, he missed me so much. It was hard for him to talk to me. Like, he kind of had this, yeah. this. And I was like, because I'm a world words person, and Dad was a quality time person. Right. And so quality time people in my life struggle with me because mm-hmm. that's sometimes the thing I don't give very well. Yeah. I'm a words person. So if I can just call and have 10 minutes to say things and catch up, I'm good. Like, you know, that was quality time for me. But for dad, it didn't count if we weren't there. And so I didn't realize that at the time. I'm a kid, you know. So he would, here's your mom. Like he'd pass this phone off. I'm like, what's wrong? You know, and I, you know, so it was like this thing. I found, Johnny, the video of the memory. Oh, wow. Like, I relive it now. Was it exactly as you remembered it, though? Because every time you remember something, you're you're kind of adding a little hue to it and yeah, a tint. exactly as I remember, really? except I'm watching the thing I couldn't see when I drove off. <gasps> I am seeing how sad and upset oh, they really are. Oh, no, like I'm, It's because Dad's the one filming. So, like, I'm, I hear That's their... like a movie. Yeah, I hear their voices and... and it's uh, like this. That's ne- like an episode of This Is Us. Like you only lived it through your perspective. It's exactly And now you that. see at the end of the show and you see them yeah. upset and you're like, now you see, and now you're the parent and you uh, see what's going to happen with Sadie. And I'm just going, Jesus, please don't let this, the reaping come from my sowing. You know Bro, what I'm saying? It's so easy to live your life believing. Like it's like a, it's like an intrinsic thing. You don't think you're doing it, but you subconsciously believe that your parents' life began when you were born. Yeah. And so when you have, you don't have to see them as a scared 25 year old. Right. And, and I've started like realizing some of that stuff. Uh, I remember one of them, there's somebody who said this on a podcast the other day. They were asking, what is one of your most vivid childhood, like weird tropes from your childhood that always comes up and you don't know why? And I have two that I thought of when he said, when he asked the question, it's not like constant, but I just have these two that I thought of. And one of them was, I was told never to go on the roof of our house because you could like walk out the deck and you could step onto the roof. Yeah. It was like an overhang. Yeah. And I remember I just was like, I've explored this whole gigantic house that we lived in because we had a group home. Mm -hmm. And so we had this big 10 bedroom house with these, uh, we started a home for mentally ill uh, men. And so when I was like, like 11, so we were just like exploring this gigantic house all the time. Mom's like, don't go on the roof. It's dangerous. And I remember I walked down the roof one day with my brother and we're just sitting on the roof, just like dangling our feet. (laughs) And then she was out shopping or something and she came back in and she pulled into the driveway and she, she was 50 feet away, hundred feet away. She looked up and I could see her gaze meet my gaze. And I was like, Oh no, we're in a lot of trouble. Like, I don't even remember what happened. Like, that's the thing is like that fear is what is burned into my brain. Yeah. Of I have totally, completely, you know, disrespected my mom. 
I don't even remember the punishment. I just remember that fear of like, I have let her down in the biggest way. And the one that I remember the most, and it's part about the humanity of your parents. I remember one time I was like 14 and my mom, you know, she's running a ministry. She's taking care of like probably like 25 residents, yeah. 24 around the clock care. Cause we'd opened two homes by this time, a nonprofit that my mom had started. So, and she's raising three boys and we're always just being dumb. We're doing stupid stuff. And I remember like she took, she grounded me or something for something I'd done. And it was just like, I felt like it wasn't fair. I was just like, well, this didn't feel, I can't remember what it was, but I just remember that she came to me like later that night and she goes, I just wanted you to know, I think I overreacted earlier and I'm ungrounding you. Wow. And it almost felt worse than being grounded because I had to like confront that my mom made mistakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had to see her as a person who could then, because I think you're afraid to do it as a parent, because you're like, if I let them know I've overreacted here, they'll always think I'm overreacting. It'll be an excuse built in. But instead, she was just so vulnerable. It made me instead be like, oh, no. Like, she's broken, too? You know? Yeah. It was very alarming. Yeah. Well, we're the ones who've always decided if we make the mistake, we're going to own it with her. And it does. There's a a tendency for her to want to reason with you more because you've reasoned with her. Yeah. Um. And we never, I mean, I just, I have a real aversion to the whole because I said so style yeah. of parenting. And actually, it's interesting. I was speaking to my friend, uh, Jeff, with the Uranium coach, you know, because I'm writing with him. And He's not my Enneagram coach. That's the name of the organization. The of the organization. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jeff, your Enneagram coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about this because there's, you know, we're going to do some writing on parenting probably. And, and, he was talking about, I forget the name of it, what he said, because I was telling him a story of how we dealt with something with Sadie. Yeah. And he said, yeah, that is a, like, basically you're, you're coaching as a parent, like you're talking through what's happening in the whys and all that. And and there's that versus more of an author, authoritarian type style and he had a different name for it, you know? And he even said, there's a book by Dan Allender, uh, that I'm really one of our sources and I'm going to read it because I need all this stuff right now as a parent anyway, but and it basically talks about how God uses children to shape and disciple parents. Yeah. Like that's a part of his plan. So if you go into it thinking, and, and this is a big thing that keeps coming up in my life, because I think in our evangelical upbringing, especially with the strong masculine slant of it, you're taught as father. If you ever become a father, yeah. it's your job to be the hero of your kid's story. Right. And you've got to make them a mold of you. Yeah. Instead of them molding you, you've got to mold them into a little you. Right. And you've got to be the strongest you you can be because they're always watching. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to, yeah, you want them, you want to be that dad that when they stand up at their wedding day or whatever, you have, it's always a rival point. It's yeah, always yeah. a thing, a, a, a moment when they go, but you know what? You know, I couldn't have done it without my hero in this life. And I do. Like, I would love right. to be Sadie's hero. That's great. But it sets a bar. Uh-huh. for something that may not be the most important part of her life. What she needs from me, I don't need to be the hero of her story because I will make this a narcissistic endeavor. Yeah. Because in trying to keep up with what I think is that standard, you really will. And I, I found this. I'm a very easily wounded father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like that. I've had to really grow there, and I'm really struggling with that. Because I do. I reason with her. I tell her. You know, I'll tell her that hurts my feelings when you did that. Yeah. And a lot of kids never hear their dad say right, anything like heavy. that, you know, but I'm like, hey, that hurts my, and I have to be careful. Laura go, hey, you know, because I want her to know that, yeah. that there, you know, this is how conversation works or this is how, so, you know, but I also need to be a little bit, I should be a safer place also where she gets to mouth off and sure. there are consequences for it. But I'm always make sure the consequences aren't tied to our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, look, you could do this again tomorrow and I'm not going anywhere. and I love you just the same, but <laughs> you're grounded, you know, whatever, like, uh-huh. like, you know, that this is you, there, people are afraid of real grace because the whole argument against grace is that it will always be taken advantage of. Right. And therefore it's not a authentic relationship. Scripture warns against it. So we continue in sin that grace may abound, all those kinds of things. And it's like it's a constant give and take among all aspects of relationships. Uh, what did I see the other day? Maybe you sent it or posted. I'm not on Facebook a lot but um, or social media, but something like whatever we 
maybe it was just a quote to one of my quote accounts. Whatever we, um, whatever we allow is what we endorse. Basically, is the is the gist of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, what you allow in your life is now what you are saying should happen to you. Yeah, you may not think of it as such an active thing, but if you if I if I allow. Um, that that's a th- the thought process. What I allow other people, if I don't stand up for myself, then I am inviting, I am now responsible for this unhealthy yeah. interaction that we have. And there's some truth to that. There's boundaries and, I mean, right. psychiatry. That's and all tough these though, because this almost sounds like it could lead to like victim blaming. Well, it does. It's you a, know, if you're an abuse victim, you're like, well, you allowed it. You're like, well, he had... He had like a position of authority over me. Yeah, it's a it's a very well. And again, it's that thing we talk about all the time. The the if you don't love me at my uh, yeah, if you worst, don't, love you don't worst, deserve you me at my best kind of thing. It's like I, it, what it says is is I have agency, mm-hmm. and even there's a hubris to it in that I also am able to control the story mm-hmm. of how it affects me. Which the entire world is burning around us over right. this particular issue right now, as it relates yeah. to the pandemic, especially. It's just a, it's just another example, though. Yeah. Of that, my life I get to control, like, and it's my right to control. And there's truth there. There's a lot of truth there, but like, there's you, always exceptions, though. Yeah, yeah I take that exceptions. into parenting so much, though. Going, uh-huh. I should be able to control. This is my responsibility. She is my responsibility, and it's true. The, you know, I have to pay taxes for her. I have to protect and provide all those things. But I'm really not in control. And the idea that I think I am leads to this place of narcissistic parent-based yeah. folk uh, or parent-centered parenting, mm-hmm. as opposed to a Christ-centered parenting where, hey, this kid, I'm going to influence, <laughs> and I'm really yeah. not going to have a lot of other um, options outside of the influence to know what she does with that influence, except yeah. trusting God, and I don't have any, I don't have any guarantees of outcomes. So it's a very interesting thing, though. Yeah, you can't. She's going to walk into her life just like I drove away. Ugh, dude. Um, but I think. I do like want her to learn to call more than like, I did. Do you think that you, your relationship with, this is just a weird question, but do you think your relationship with your parents would have changed? Because you're seeing this with your, what are you, 42? Two. You're seeing this with 42-year-old eyes. It had to move you when you saw the video. Oh, right? yeah. But do you think that your relationship with your dad would have changed immediately had you seen that in your 20s? Like, would you have been like a rush of perspective or did you need that time to just like sit in the crock pot of growth and emotion and maturity and Oh, I had empathy? to have the, Yeah, there's no way to see it, I think, through those eyes. I, no, again, something just are, been like, God, oh, what a bunch of saps. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them, they're falling apart. Well, here's the thing. The reason and this is you want to really go into like level seven of, of inception here. Yeah. The reason I did that was that my dad and I had such a great relationship. Uh-huh. And that I I really thought words were enough. Right. I didn't realize people no one ever taught me love languages or I, I really thought I mean my dad and I were close. He taught me how to work. We talked about I mean since I well, was a kid. Yeah, when I looked at your dad's relationship with you, I I was an enviable relationship for me because my dad and I were so distant. So yeah, I mean that's the thing. Dad and I were super close. Yeah. So I was surprised. I just didn't know that I didn't know the All distance right. would hurt him so bad and that's something I couldn't see as a kid probably. Yeah. And that he wasn't trying to strap me with. He wasn't trying to yeah, say no. Yeah, because then it's going to make you feel bad for going right. and chasing your dreams. He wanted me to go do yeah. all that. Like, he, he enjoyed that I went. He was so right. proud. But there was a, um, and I appreciate, and I say, when I called him, he talked to me and stuff, but I could tell something was wrong yeah, yeah. because it's words. So I could tell these aren't the same words we're used to. Uh, I wanted to share this adventure or whatever. These are curse know. words. Now, I also found <laughs> <laughs> I also found a video. Yeah. You're going to laugh at this. Of dad and mom coming up to visit me mm-hmm. in my dorm room in Reese Hall okay. in my freshman year. And my first girlfriend's there. And like dad said and interviewed me for like 30 minutes oh, in my dorm wow. room. And I'm telling all the stuff that I'm doing. Oh, boy. Johnny. I mean, I got the oh, the hair. Yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, and was course, it very like self-important answers? Like, well, I'm clear. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, got the oh, world on a string, yes, my friends. Yes, it was very. <laughs> yeah, I've got this all because you were doing student government. You were doing all the whole thing. Yeah, you had bit off a lot. I had, but yeah, I was. But I was so happy. It was. It was, it was a real yes. It completely. That's great, I doubt that I asked at all what was going on with them. Like I, I don't remember it being 
even have thought of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I don't think I ever would have thought in my teenage years and my, even in my 20s to be like, I wonder how everything's going <laughs> with other people. Everything yeah. was uh, you don't even mean for it to be that way, but it just you just don't think about other people very much. You don't. It's a and bummer. It is a bummer. It's also I think what what's great about being a parent is you watch immaturity and your love doesn't change. Yeah. It that makes me feel hopeful cuz I definitely see immaturity in people around me. Uh and I'm not saying like just sitting there immature 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 he's way more immature than me. But I'm just saying, like, when you see it, yeah, you're right. If it's someone that you care about, you're still like, they'll get it. They'll figure it out. So it makes me feel like hopefully God looks at me that way. And it's like, well, he'll figure it out. He's gotten this far. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, you see that they can't go around this. They have to go through it in order for something to happen. This is what, I had this thought yesterday when I was on the road praying it sounds so elementary and cliche, but it, for some reason, was fresh to me. And, like, every single thing that I do in my life is like a sculpting tool in God's hands mm-hmm. in some way. Like, all of this, the the good things, the bad things, the mourning and the celebrating, the the little things, like, he's using every single bit of it is what he's shaping me into something. Yeah. And that whole formation of who we are, you know, Paul says, if you began this good work, he'll be faithful to complete it. Meaning that he, he is doing something, making something out of us. Um, I think evangelical thought always was, had a lot of good parts to the thought. I'm not, it sounds like we only say negatives about evangelicalism, but part of the, uh, of the thought is, is that he's only making something grand, yeah, yeah. And so there's a measurable, quantifiable metric of what that is. Yeah, and that makes it hard to know if you've ever gotten there because you're like, well, I thought I would feel different when God was through crafting me. This just feels like I, I'm a cashier. <laughs> right. This can't be good enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Well, again, and even, you know, and, and those of us who work in industries yeah. that, are, that are creative, yeah, it's a very, did I accomplish? Right. Did I waste my time? Did I, mm-hmm. you know... And that's not, I don't believe what God, I mean, I think he'll use those things too. And it's where I probably concentrate much of my efforts, hoping that he forms me there. Yeah, but yeah. really he's forming me when, in just a, a normal argument at my house, like he's, you know, yeah. I'm growing there or, or not. Well, I am growing there. It could just be negative ways. <laughs> well, I think that panicked feeling of, am I everything that God wants me to be in ministry can lead to you taking tools and trying to craft other people to mm. get your fulfillment. Cause you're like, well, I don't know if I'm where I need to be, but I know that guy's way worse off. Let me go craft him, make him a little project. Yeah. And people just love being your projects, by the way. Well, now church <laughs> people often really do that. That's why this can be a dangerous job Ugh. because there are those who they want, they want to take shelter under your maturity or your confidence. And so they're willing to keep bringing this issue over and over again. And the attention to it, it sounds like a negative thing, but we all want someone to pay attention yeah, to yeah. where we're hurting. And I broken. agree. Um, but like I noticed it today, I had two just normal Friday, you know, one's a, a, a region mentoring call that I have every Friday for someone I'm mentoring. Another was someone having, you know, hey, he said, I'm just sharing some burden today. Mm-hmm. And, and we prayed together. In in God's ways, I, f- I feel so much better having done that. Like I really do. I feel better about my stressful day by doing that. And that's good, really good. The difference between now and my old days is I – and I recognize it wanting to be there and I just I just don't have it the same anymore. And this, it's, a, it's a good thing to see where, where God is transforming me still is I would have taken great pleasure in being the expert – in their situation. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy who knew how to fix the thing that they couldn't figure out how to fix. Huh. And in, usually, though, in both situations, instead, I shared where I was struggling in the same way. And I, st- I had some wisdom and some scripture and other things to right. offer, but I'm sharing with you, dude, I know exactly what you're feeling. I did that yesterday, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so there's a, it's like, I can't, because I know that part of myself, I spent years and it's not all bad, but I can make myself really avoid depression, all kinds of things 
but actively staying in a place where, look, I got this together. I look how many people I'm helping. Yeah. And this stuff coming in my mouth sounds good. You know, like it's helping, it's working and they need me. And, you know, it, and like that, there is a, there is a healthy side that yes, when someone's depending on you, right? That's the way we're made. You're made. We're to supposed have to give that. out of ourselves, yeah. yeah, but not make that like your final form, right? To the to the deference of not working on yourself, right? Yeah. Or acknowledging that you also need someone to do that for you, yeah. And then maybe the same person you're doing it for. So any humility, it's like a sculpture. You cut away everything. That's the old thing. There was a saying about that, right? You just how do you make an elephant sculpture? You just cut away everything that doesn't look like an elephant. Boom. Then when you get done. Elephant. You're an elephant. Right. And a beautiful, angelic, godly elephant. If Roy were here right now, <laughs> he would say, How can you tell when the elephant's ready? And he would say, Well, it's the same thing you get when you cross an elephant, elephant with, with a, a rhino. rhino. Yeah. Elef rhino. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a twist at the yeah, end. It's got a twist, yeah. It's a lot of profanity today. Jeez. Jeez, yeah, my goodness. Um <laughs> But no, there is a, there is a, yeah, it's got to be a moment. I don't trust people mm-hmm. who don't acknowledge their brokenness in some way. I have to use those words. That's fine. I'm not looking for the buzzword. Yeah. But if they don't share at some point in time that they're on the same exact journey as everyone else, if they don't acknowledge that, I'm completely suspicious. In the old days, I longed for that. Right. Because you imagine there's this perfect person out there. Not perfect, but they... They at least are complete in an area that you're not complete in. You're like, all right, well, if I could just figure out finances like this guy, yep. I could never worry about that ever again. Let me pick his brain. Yep. So if he was ever to be like, yeah, I filed for bankruptcy five years ago, you'd be like, oh, really? Like you'd be, <laughs> you want to hear like the good stuff. You want to hear that he's found it. He's figured it all out. Well, I made a big, speaking of that, you know, you filed for bankruptcy. I made a big financial blunder a few years back. Yeah. Trying to do something good. And Mm -hmm. something bad happened and I was absolutely devastated. And I went to someone who was a successful businessman who knew about the the venture I had attempted. And this is Enron, isn't it? You're a part of, we are, we are recording this podcast from prison right now. (laughs) Guys, remember the thing in 2008? That was us. That was John. (laughs) He is responsible for the housing crisis. Sorry about that guys. Our Uh, bad. Yeah. Send me. Yeah. Triple net leases. Um, and so, this guy, though, told me, he said, hey, and he's, you know, a successful, like, CEO. He was like, hey, I filed for bankruptcy, like, 10 years ago. Was, I forget, it was something like that. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's just okay. Yeah, it he, he goes, were you trying to help your family? I said, yeah. Were, were you be- being super irresponsible? Not really, but but did you make an unwise decision? Yeah. He said, but were you doing it to try to get things forward? Like, you weren't, like, right. doing it for drug money or something, were you? I was like, no. He's like, look, so you, you screwed up. It, it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know. And we, so we all have, you keep going. Yeah. And it was such a like, but it, it was twice. I, there was an author. And you were like, well, can you loan me some money? He was right. like, oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> You're a horrible investment. <laughs> I'll never get it back. <laughs> I wouldn't trust you as far as I could throw you. Uh, oh, that's a weird expression, by the way. How far trust. can you throw people? Oh my God. I it wouldn't is. trust that guy as far as I can throw him. Well, guys, I mean, so I guess that's like- the point. So you'd only trust little people. Right. I mean, what, I guess like if... You only trust children. You trust... You can chuck a kid. You trust gymnasts a lot more than you trust just normal people because you could throw them and they could probably jump off your hand. And they're going to land properly. Well, that really helps. Yeah. Yeah, I really trust those gymnasts. It's going to throw them. The other weird expression is, is that guy couldn't lead his way out of a paper bag. In what scenario would a man... I the old expression was you couldn't fight your way out of a paper bag. I hear people use the paper bag thing for all kinds yeah. of... That guy couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. Like, it's anything now. Like he's in a paper bag trying like, to coach. In what universe would he, not only he find himself within a paper bag of that size, in which possibly the entire scenario, not just him, mm-hmm. like he's in there with the whole team, they're losing, and they're all inside a paper bag. Well, I think only he's in the paper bag... Trying to coach from behind it. But metaphorically, if coaching is what can get him out of the paper bag, okay. then he has to have other people inside there with him. He can't just coach from within because huh. you wouldn't be able to see him, Johnny. He's in a paper bag. Yeah. So this that's number one. There's a, there's an issue with the whole premise. I think it precipitates like anti-mask culture because <laughs> you're kind of – you're behind a paper bag. You don't – you feel stifled in some way. There, wow. That's, I'm just like – I'm just drawing on my own conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> and then secondly, how hard could it be? Right. It's a paper bag. Hmm. 
I guess that's the whole point. You're saying he's so bad at this, he couldn't trust get that. out of a paper yeah. bag. I wouldn't trust that guy as far as I could throw this paper bag. Right. Well, if you crumple it, well, mm-hmm. you may kill everybody who's inside the paper bag. You can't do that. That's what happened to Dad. Wow. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. My dad was a gymnast. So do was... you know I use your... There's many things you've said over the years that are now a part of me, and yeah. I don't even give you credit and don't oh, even care. Okay. Um, one of them is, and I say it all the time yeah. to people because I know it's an instant laugh, yeah. even with kids. Right. Because I'm around middle schoolers and stuff, and like they don't think I'm cool at all. Oh. But I know I could get this. Like if okay. something, so if we're standing there and someone, you know, you know, drops their drink on their toe, ow, you know, I'll go, that's what killed my uncle. <laughs> you say uncle, though. You've adopted it. Yeah. And they'll go, what? You know, and then I'll go, well, that and heart disease. Yeah, that and heart that's disease. Your, you know, I'm like, <laughs> like but yep. I think the drink on the toe played a role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my icebreaker. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to rob you. If I go, my friend Johnny says, it was not no, going to fit. I need no. in that moment You're such a hack. to win them to something. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Does it work? Do they're like, oh, yeah. you're the coolest. Thanks, Mr. John. I don't know. If they have to say Mr., it's already over. So. And you, like, lower your sunglasses down hey, the bridge of your nose. Stick hey, with me, kid. <laughs> I'll show you the ropes. <laughs> you throw him your jersey. Here, Thanks, get- Mean Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and you hey, share a Coke with him. Get in this paper bag. We're going places. That's beautiful. <laughs> Then you throw that kid as far as you possibly can. <laughs> I always trusted him. <laughs> he threw far. <laughs> and we hope, listener, that you trust us. Yeah. And that you have felt thrown far. We today. love to throw kids, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed you've made me wheeze a lot That's lately. Okay. There's a wheezing That's to my COVID, laughter. John. There's, there's a, a good chance. Do you have positive. an extra one of those tests you could You're going to ruin my Cancun trip. <laughs> If this could be the last episode. If I if I don't come back, well, we'll take that back. We're going to record another one, and that's going to be our little like while I'm in Cancun episode. Right. But if you don't hear any after that, I'm hey, just going to be in Cancun for in perpetuity. I'm just going to come here and talk myself. Yeah. Hey guys, talk it's John. about John. Yeah. I'm going to read you line for line my sermon from Sunday or whatever, Beautiful. and our downloads will plummet. That's okay. But hey guys, don't let the downloads plummet right now. Go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com where you can find all our archived episodes, including a link to our Patreon where you can kick in a few shekels if you feel so obliged. Mm. We actually were able to buy a new piece of equipment recently with yes. our uh, Patreon uh, money, which help, is going to help us make the show even better. Yeah. So uh, that'll be great, and uh, it just helps us market the show and get it to more listeners. Yeah. And the more money you give, we could figure out how to use it by buying videos or something. I don't know. We can find old VHS tapes and digitize those of our old <laughs> Scarlet Thread. If you want to see those on YouTube, oh, yeah. you're the only one. Yeah, you don't. I do have a couple of those in oh, the stack. Man. That'd be great to put on the... I think I have All Campus Worship. We could tweet those out to I, people who are patrons. I digitized All Campus Worship. Did I not send it to no, you? No, you've never sent that to me. Yeah. Oh, I got to see that. Got it. Yeah. Right, good. I don't like it. Oh. Because I'm singing way too much back then. John. Yeah, Don't it's be really so hard bad. on yourself, no, bro. It's awful. Give so. yourself a break. Hey, stop picking on my buddy John. I really hey, like him. Hey, hey, John, you could lead your way out of a paper bag <laughs> and do every day. Uh, hey, yeah, you should definitely check out our website, as Johnny said, and you should also uh, pass along to a friend. I'm hearing from some people. You you met someone on the road I in met, Indiana, uh, right? Uh, a very avid listener. Yeah. Uh, at a show that I did at Guddy's Comedy Club. Nice. In Greenwood, Indiana. He stayed after the show. We talked for about 20 minutes. Super nice guy. And he said he got turned on to the podcast because he heard me on Potty Break, which is Tim Hawkins' old podcast. Yeah. Started listening to ours. He says Ben's watched the whole, Ben's watched, Ben's listened to the whole thing. Nice. Loves it. Loves how, he, he called it meaty, which I thought was oh. nice. He goes, Man, it's so meaty. Well, thanks. I was like, that's like saying it's not very funny. But that's okay. <laughs> we just, we're trying to be just ourselves here. We don't feel any pressure. We're like the lasagna of yeah. comedy podcasts. Yes. Christian comedy a little yeah, bit of, kind of, yeah, there's a little bit of whatever you like, but then there's a, yeah. oh, this is really mm. filling. You want to take a nap afterwards. You do. Yeah, it's very. You want to lay down and you probably regret the decision. We're honestly. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little heartburn. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but did, did your hearts not burn, Johnny? Mm. Mm. Did they mm. not? Mm. Anyway, um, so yeah, check that out. Hey, I want to ask you guys, hey, go to. The website, notsoblackandwhitebook.com, and you can read a sample chapter. Read a sample chapter. Pre-order yeah. the book. Pre-order, please. And uh, I don't know what that first sentence was. Read a sample chapter. I don't know what that was. I said read a sample chapter, but I said read a sample chapter. Read a sample chapter. I don't know what's happening. It's professional speaker. <laughs> I had a stroke during that <laughs> sentence. Read a sample chapter. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> do that though and pre-order the book uh that'll help john's that first few weeks of book sales yeah. is big and those numbers go into that and it'll help john become a big deal and he will oh. run along and get his own show and leave me leave in the dust that's the dream it's of the becoming dream. a famous podcaster it is i will say uh and i can't say yet but there is a major network uh morning show that we are booked on oh. for the day before the release i don't want to say yet and there's a lot of other things too, podcasts, other stuff. So it's really exciting. Pray for that. But this message about um, the message is important. It really, yeah. really is. And you guys have met Reggie. If you haven't, go back in the archives, and we'll have him on again. But uh, telling his story and, yeah. and what it's like to be a black man in America, and me telling my story, what it's like to be a white man, and, and how we have these conversations. And, and it's a deep dive into history. If you like history and you hear that, I don't talk about that sometimes. That part, you're gonna you're gonna like this book, Johnny. If you like Giorgio, you'll love, love Primo. Is that what it's called? Primo. Primo. That was the uh, designer imposters. That's right. We need to talk about that next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mother's Day, chintzy Mother's Day gifts that we fawned <laughs> off on our parents. Oh, yeah. Maybe these oh, people yeah. could send in ideas of like other Mother's Day gifts that they're like, look, I had eight bucks. This is what I came up with. We love it when you guys send us ideas, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's Think great. Questions, things you want to talk about. So make sure you do that. Check out also Johnny's comedy specials on Drybar and Amazon. He's got all kinds of stuff out there, guys. You should go and uh, take a listen. If you it. watch my Drybar, I actually get money. Wow. So guys, give Johnny some money, do, and you can even tip me at the end too, and I get that money directly. But but the more views it gets, I also get like uh, it's got what's it called uh, revenue sharing. No, oh. is part of the deal there. So it's big deal. Yeah, great deal. You guys watch away, share it, watch it, love it, keep clicking, keep going, guys. And uh, we really enjoy the time we spend with you every week, and we look forward to doing it again next week on Talk About That. <laughs> Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save